Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Aaron. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm back. Welcome back, little brother. Thank you. How you feeling? Oh, I feel great now. Yeah. Did you give your cold to middle brother because he's Apparently. feeling a little well, under the I, weather? I wasn't as bad as him. No, I just had yeah. a little bit of a head cold. No, yeah. I had a cold and then it uh, moved its way through other regions of the body. Um, it, it headed south? Yeah, it definitely headed south. <laughs> headed northeast. <laughs> it was coming every which way, let me just tell you that. Okay. Good to and be back, though. Yes, good I to missed have you guys. We missed you. We miss you too. Uh, it's just so kidding. Funny. It's all right. Um, Barry Hancock, uh, you know, was with us. Barry over Hancock. The phone. It's I know. John Hancock. No, it's Herbie, it's Herbie Hancock. Hancock. You blew that. Sorry, one. I didn't mean to mess that up. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. But anyway, um, yeah, it was cool having him on. Obviously, you listened to the podcast. Yeah, it sounded it sounded cool. He sounds like uh, he's a pretty funny guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I want. It was too bad that you weren't here though to talk about your memories of a T six. Yeah. You know, with Bill Hensaker. Yeah. Cause we mentioned him a little bit, and and uh, you know, because when we were growing up. You know, Bill Hunsaker was the T6 mm-hmm. pilot in the yep. West. Yep, and right. It was so fun to watch. Was yeah, so cool. I was disappointed I missed out, but uh, it sounded good. You guys sounded good. It was awesome having him on. Um, I, in, in fact, I remember the first time I fueled that T6 uh, yeah. that Bill Hunsaker flew. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. a company named Far West and yep, had rem- it in I their remember. hangar. And, yep. uh got a call to go fuel it, and I'm like, damn, this is the aircraft I grew up watching, and now I'm... Yeah, I'm feeling it. So yeah, it's kind of like cool. International Airport. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. That's right. Do you? Uh, you guys obviously remember Rick Brickert. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Of course. Um, the, the Red Knight. Is yeah. T thirty three. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he also brought in that uh, that MiG fifteen. Right. Yeah. Uh, for the Wendover Air Show. This was back when I was working for Majestic. Yeah. And I remember. Um, we were all anticipating him bringing that in because he was doing it out at the Wendover Air Show. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's one coming up here in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's, that's right. Um, but uh, he could not get, uh, I think it was the right main gear fully extended. Mm-hmm. And it was sitting at about a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess when you look at it, almost, uh, what, 180, 200, anyway. It wasn't uh, fully down, and I remember him flying the pattern around Salt Lake International like several times, flying close to the tower so they could advise him if it was down or not. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember as a kid hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. so we're out there, <laughs> we're on the tug, sitting out there watching, and uh, I remember him making an attempt to bang it, like to, to bang the aircraft down to get it to drop. Yeah. And so he, he came down pretty hard on the left main, to try and kind of thump it and free it up and i just remember him hitting it and then pulling straight back up but it didn't work so yeah. he retracted the rest of the gear and uh he landed on the wing tanks yeah and yeah. i remember it was funny tanks when they, they when they uh, uh jacked that up and towed it into the hangar to do the sheet metal work on it because they did it in our shop at uh, majestic it was like the tanks were like perfectly shaved in half yeah 
Yeah. Just because of the... And it's know, obvious there weren't any fuel in those days. Uh, yeah, because that would have been bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that jet fuel would not... Yeah, would well, not have been. Well, he flew it in from uh, <clears throat> somewhere, I think, on the west coast. Was that the '88 um, Wendover Air Show or the '89? Because they had two back-to-back years. It was the it was the air races and air show that mm-hmm. they had. Oh, the Wendover Air Races. That's right. That's right. That's and and, it. and and we actually have in the ramp check offices here that we're uh-huh. recording from. We actually have the programs from those shows and the posters oh wow and speaking of bill hunsaker yeah we even have his signature on one of those oh that's and pat (laughs) holly if you remember i remember pat holly the the chipmunk chipmunk, yeah yeah and she ended up working in airport ops at salt lake international for a while that's right there were Uh several times that uh you know you and i because ryan and i worked together at salt lake international for a time and uh you know we we'd see her and talk with her yeah Talk about well, the memories. It was so cool. So that was the same year that I flew out um, on the DC on the Majestic DC three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and, and we've uh, talked about that. And too. I'm out there marshalling yeah. in my in my salmon colored shorts and my <laughs> and my muscle tank tee. top, <laughs> my tank top, <laughs> marshalling yeah. in F eighty sixes. And we and, posted that picture. Before, yeah. yeah. So well, that yeah. was that year. So I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it was. One I, of those I think two. it was eighty eight. Mm-hmm. And that. God, what a great show. I mean, I know. if you remember, just off the top of your head, I mean, you got the DC-3, uh, there was a, a MiG-15, MiG MiG F-86. F-86. Mm-hmm. Remember the F-111 that came in? I and remember it yeah. blew a tire at the end of oh, the Oh, that's right. Yeah. Didn't it, we get... It was yeah. We also got a Harrier demo. That's right, a Harrier which demo. Which was... time I'd seen a Harrier yeah, demo. Yeah, that... Yeah, that was that was that great. sucker's loud. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> so and remember there was an F fifteen demo. Mm. It was like a kick ass show. It was out it was in so Wendover, Utah. Ago. Yeah, and yeah. and do you remember um, thirty years ago? Yeah, do you remember the movie Con Air? Mm-hmm. And yep. that aircraft, what was it, the flying box car yeah, the, that they the called C-123, it? The C one twenty three, right? Yeah, the C one twenty three. That yeah. was in yeah. um, one in of Nicholas Cage's finest acting performances. <laughs> hey, Con Air. That yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> that, that aircraft was, is still out there. Yeah, yeah, it's still sitting out there. Uh, yeah. If you guys want to go out well, and take and, a look at and it, and the, there was a hangar that uh, Millionaire owns now, or uh-huh. Tac Air now, but Millionaire, that they filmed a lot of the hangar scenes at. Um, out of oh, Salt cool. Lake International as well. Mm-hmm. So they and and, yep. and the um, the attack on quote unquote Area Fifty One that scene oh, yeah. uh, from Independence Day yeah. that was also shot out there. Yep. Oh wow! Um, you know I'm yeah, gonna look and Wendover. see. Let me scoot behind you guys right right. while we're talking about this because I'm gonna look and see if I have this program right here because well, we, and- we can talk. <laughs> If, right? if I can't find it real quick, I'll, I'll just... I'll I mean, there's there's and, a lot of history out at Wendover. No, there is. And um, just while he's looking at that, I want to see if Aaron remembers something really quick. Because um, we started talking about the T6, uh-huh. and I don't think you were there, Tony, but we went to the Parowan. It's a little fly-in slash air show. And Aaron, uh-huh. didn't the T6 gear collapse on yes, landing right in front right. of us? Like, that's we were right. right out on the flight line. and Yeah. One of it, we're just watching like normal... And he comes in and he lands and the gear just buckles up and literally it's maybe like 20 yards from us Uh and it's just going and 
he's just looking over at us, and we're just looking right at him into the canopy, and he decides <laughs> at the end. Totally unexpected. Yeah, I remember but, that. Oh, I remember that. So wow, we so, need to. So, we yeah, need so I to found these. We need to put these up on our Instagram. That's right. I found um, these, so, so people can see it. We have a program and a ticket. Wow. Uh, for each of the two years, eighty-eight and eighty-nine, and I have the posters too, but I don't. I don't know where those are at. But anyway, um, that is so cool. Yeah, th- these are cool. We'll, we'll post these. But um, yeah, I mean, talk about history. So the main, so we might as well just mention there is an air show coming up at right. Landover Field. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Hello? Hopefully the mic didn't pick up that. Edit. Uh, Saturday, September 28th, um, which is just, you know, several weeks away. Uh-huh. Um, it's at historic Wendover Airfield. And Wendover Airfield is actually best known for training B-29 crews right. uh, in World War II. And they they trained uh, the Enola Gay crew yep. for the uh, atomic bomb it, issue. It staged out of there, didn't that's, it? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's original, where they trained. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's where they didn't, yeah, trained they out They didn't there, launch but, from uh, there. But, but yeah, so... But uh, I remember when I was in the Air Force, um, it's funny because when I was in the Air National Guard... Yeah, we went a lot more places than we did when I was active duty. Um, we went to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. We went to Germany. Yeah, uh, a couple of different times. But when I was active duty in the Air Force, uh, guess where we deployed to from Hill Air Force Base? Wendover Airfield. Wendover Airfield. Yeah, we uh, we drove a convoy out there and they put us up in some barracks and we were out there for like a week. Uh, training and and a group of us would would sneak out at night and go hang out in the casinos but uh, um, but yeah Wendover is uh, it, it's a fun little place you can go out there check out the air show um, do uh, um, hang out at the casinos too they've got a lot of action oh look there's our autographs right there. <laughs> yeah there's a few from the but the, Team America, isn't that? Yeah, yeah Team America. That's, I remember wow. that. <laughs> that's right. We, we do also have there. So we're going to go through what, what the schedule was like back then, which, now is, this which was, is really cool. This is not the schedule for what's coming up here no, in a couple of no, weeks. No, this, this is, this is this in the past. This 30 is year ago schedule. Oh, damn it. The, the coupon for Precision Tune <laughs> on the old tickets, they expired August of 1989. <laughs> you know what? I damn think those it. guys are still in business. We should take this in there <laughs> and see funny. if they'll honor it. <laughs> That is funny. So, uh, yeah, give us a quick rundown of that schedule, brother. So, That's... okay, so the 88 air show, they only did it for the two years. Right, which for is this really particular disappointing. Air, yeah. Because they really pulled it off. That's right. So, um, so aircraft, um, so here's the schedule for the show. So, um, um, opening was a KC-135 tanker with two F-16s. So okay. obviously those are from the Utah National Utah Guard, Guard and uh, Hill Air Force, Force Base. Because the Hill Air Force Base had F-16s Probably maybe the 419th or I don't know. 419th or 388. Or 388th, yeah. yeah I one. mean, it's, it's either one. Um, and then there was a parachute team. Um, didn't say which one. And then F-16s were... Uh, return for high speed pass and afterburner, oh. um, which is cool. And then um, all prop participants take off um, by speed class, slow to fast, and do air show line flyby. Um, and then they did like a little air races, kind of like uh-huh. it's kind of like a mini Reno air race. Right now, you know, one one second while we're I, I don't want to interrupt 
yeah and take us too far away but i just want to say rest in peace uh rick bricker yeah definitely he, he did pass away he, he did passed away i accident. believe at the uh reno air show didn't he uh you Is know right? i i'd have to look I'll it up have to look i don't it up remember too. but anyway i really enjoyed watching rick bricker yeah. fly that's kind of why we're talking we, about this we but... actually have a picture of ryan uh-huh with rick bricker in front uh-huh. of the red knight Oh wow! Uh, T thirty three. It's actually okay. in that book. I remember that. It's yep. actually in that little photo yeah, book. There. But anyway, maybe we'll have to put that up on yeah. the Instagram. Yeah, we'll uh, do page that as well. By the way, that's at Ramp Check Global. In case you were wondering. Yeah, um, and then uh, Team America Aerobatic Formation Act, which they were three uh, prop aircraft. Sea Fury demo, which is nice. cool. Oh yes, um, my favorite P fifty one Mustang demo, uh, and then a pylon race by a bunch of T sixes. That would have that that would have been cool. Oh yeah. Well, I did see that. that. Was, what I the was hell say, am I yeah, going to say? We saw all this. T thirty three Aerobatic Act, F eighty six Aerobatic Act, and then they had a lunch break oh, with. Right. Static display walk around. Intermission. Look at that photo, dude. Oh, yeah. Look at oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice Cody. short turn. Uh, yeah, th- this is all from Wendover. <laughs> oh, yeah. we need to put these up on our Instagram. Yeah, okay, that, that's we'll from that. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's the Harrier, the Harrier demo. Okay. Um, and then uh, the experimental uh, aircraft demonstration flight, Team America again. I believe the experimental aircraft was uh, B-2 Spirit. Am I, am I correct? Oh, no, wait, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and then more T-6, Mustang, Action, T-33, uh, and then uh, T-37 pylon race. Um, and then F-86 and MiG-15 featured act. That's the one. That's the MiG-15 yeah. that Rick Brickett yep. brought in. Exactly. And then and then it said an F-14 or higher jet demonstration. And so we didn't see an F-14. So I, yeah, I don't remember that one. That must have been the F-111 that, that came That in. was. They and probably it brought in. Right yep, there it is. Yep. There's the F-111. So here's the other thing I'm wondering. I know I'm skipping ahead to 89, but yeah, no, did it's this fine. one happen? What's that? The B-1, B-1 flyby. flyby, Saturday and I don't, Sunday. Did they know, cancel that one? I don't remember. Uh, I think they canceled that one. I don't remember that one. Yeah. So here's here's something from the Sunday schedule. Yeah. Uh, Air National Guard F-4 formation. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is so cool. See, I don't remember everything that I saw, but... Damn. Well, some we, of we, stuff we, yeah, I mean, we, we've got a lot of photos in this little book thing of actually what happened, but... But, uh, you know, the Harrier demo, the F-15 oh, yeah. demo, the the um, uh, F-111. Oh, so now we're into that yeah, air right. show. But so Aaron uses, right now you use the uh, the Canon what? I have, I have a Canon for photography yeah, equipment. Yeah, for right now. Yeah, I have a Canon 7D Mark II, and then I shoot with a, a 100 to 400 Canon lens, and then also a, a Sigma 150 to 600 Oh, there's that the Bud Light micro yeah the little micro jet yeah, yeah. Um, so looking at yeah looking at these pictures right here um, I'm guessing these were in your earlier photography <laughs> stages maybe a yeah. maybe a Kodak um, it probably had that like the 126 cartridge yeah, or whatever it was yeah the 110 anyway, the 110 yes <laughs> well thanks for the awesome. did or we yeah yeah I know that is well way let's see cool. in '88. I was what uh, eight, nine. T- I was eleven years old. Yeah, eleven. Yeah. So yeah, look, there's the red knight. There's yeah, the right yeah. There. Oh yeah. And there it is with and Ryan. I am with 
Yeah, Rick, Rickert. Rick and Ray. That is awesome. That's pretty cool. We'll yeah, post that. we need to get some of those pictures up <laughs> on the podcast. So, coming up, um, I believe it is Saturday the 20th. September 28th. 28th. Yep. Out at uh, Wendover, Utah. That's just, uh, if you don't know where that is, it's on Interstate 80 on the Utah-Nevada state line. Um, you know, I know a lot of you people that listen, you go to Oshkosh and, you know, a lot of these bigger air shows. Wendover, it's usually a fun thing. Some of these smaller air shows, yeah, um, you you get to be a little bit up close, a little bit more up close and personal with what's going on. Um, you know, obviously on a military base, they're very very uh, strict about. Oh my God, was that the vampire? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh wow, I remember that. Um, yeah. Anyway, and and also um, a lot of these vintage aircraft that are going to be flying or that have flown, like in some of these air shows, I. Hill Air Force Base uh, Museum has got to be one of the better museums in the country. Oh, yeah. um, they've got a lot of great aircraft up there as well. So Utah, Utah isn't all that bad. You know, that's where we're uh, based out of. But um, but just remember, Barry Hancock and uh, the Pilot Maker T6, they're going to be uh, performing at that air show, and we'll hopefully we'll get to check. Uh, chat with him again oh yeah so for sure so um, so um i'll just i'll just name a few of the actual performances and some of the static aircraft will be there now um um there isn't anything listed with hill air force base and f-35s but Mm -hmm. i'd be willing to bet you're gonna see an f-35 out there even a flyby even a flyby or or send a few out there land see last time uh, at at uh, the last air show they did is Hill Air Force Base. They brought um, some F-35s, did some flybys, mm-hmm. and one of them landed and was a static display. Oh, and then wow. it departed before the end of the show. So well, I, I kinda, I'm guessing I would, you could probably see an F-35, right. but I, I don't know. But I would that, also, that's just my sense. I would also be surprised if uh, the U- Utah Air National Guard didn't bring one of their KC-135s out there. Yeah, I, well, I haven't so. heard anything of that yet. Yeah. But I know that there is going to be um, a Navy uh, E-6 Mercury out there, which is the Navy's version of like a, like a J-Stars or, right. you know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it's it's that classic 707 C-135 mm-hmm. design. Oh, good. Okay. So they're going to have one of those out there for static. They actually just announced that recently. But um, the um, MiG Fury fighter display, which is an FJ-4 Fury and a MiG-17, which is cool. And basically an FJ-4 Fury, it's it's the naval version of like what the F-86 was mm-hmm. for the Air Force. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so it has like folding wings. It has a higher landing gear. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit beefier landing gear for carrier ops. Um and then uh, Jackie uh, Warda, which is, um, she flies an extra 300 aerobatic uh, display. And then, of course, Barry Hancock, mm-hmm. um, uh, pilot maker air shows. So you'll see his T6 Texan display, which is awesome. And he's going to fly as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, he's going to fly it. Um, and then uh, this is actually a really cool display, the Dornia Alpha Jet, the Mustang High Flight Aerobatics uh, with Mark Peterson. That's really cool. We've seen that at Hill before. Um, and then there's a, um, a GoPro bomb squad parachute jump team, um, light formation air shows, which is aerobatic formation flying with some smaller kind of like homemade, mm-hmm. you know, home kit, 
you know, whatever uh-huh. homemade. I'm sure home kit pilots are going to kick my ass on that one. <laughs> but anyway. Um, experimental. But anyway, yeah, experimental aircraft. Uh, looks like just in photos, like maybe RV4s, RV6s. Um, but anyway, uh, Rocky Mountain Renegades Air Show team, again, same thing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Patrick uh, McGailey. I've never seen his name. So anyway, he's got a... a uh, little biplane aerobatic demonstration this will be cool this um mh60 seahawk rescue demonstration uh the longhorns from fallon naval air station oh nice so that'll be cool and then of course statics you know there's that e6 that i mentioned uh is going to be uh um grumman avenger uh t6 texan 2 from vance air force base uh more t6s uh t1a jayhawk from vance um Steerman, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and I'm sure there's going to be more things added and right and more static, or whatever. But, but it'll be fun. It'll, and it's just it, the it, one day, correct? September it's just 28th. the one day, yeah. Okay. Just, just, so, just the one day. Um, it's interesting that I, I guess it makes sense that the Navy is sending a bunch of aircraft out there because there's a lot of water out in the <laughs> desert of right? Utah, yeah. Nevada. Well, it is the salt flats. It used <laughs> to be. It's, right? it's the remnants of an ancient lake. <laughs> But uh, but it's actually pretty close to a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, naval air stations, a lot of Marine Corps air stations, you know, spread out all throughout the inland there on Uh the West Coast, so I'm I'm not surprised. So that's going to be awesome. Um, If you want more information about that, uh, we'll post a link to that. Yeah, we already have one on the ramp check report. So there's not one on the ramp check report, but uh, but we'll we'll put something on there. Yeah, and then also we'll post something. And and we'll be out there as well. We'll be interviewing uh, lots of photography. So so if you're a fan of the ramp check podcast and or. Um, one of our Instagram followers, uh, come out there and uh, hang with us. It'll yeah, be, we'll give uh, you a sticker weekend. or something. We've yeah, got some cool exactly. stuff to keep around. So, and then if you want to look up the air show directly and, and the cool history behind <clears throat> the historic Wendover Airfield, go to wendoverairbase.com. Okay. And Wendover is spelled W-E-N-D-O-V-E-R. Wendover. So, Wendover. Or, or <laughs> Wendover. Or Bendover. Right, with the W, the B with the W. <laughs> um, so it's funny we used to call it bend over oh, when yeah. we when we deployed yep. out there. But uh, um, so you mentioned uh, the possibility of uh, or the likelihood, your thoughts about seeing an F thirty five from Hill Air Force Base. So that really kind of should bring us to our next story. Yes. Speaking of F thirty fives and Hill Air Force Base, um, right. if you're a follower of the Ramp Check Report. Um, uh, we put that story up there uh, right after it broke. Yeah, the day it broke. Um, and uh, Aaron, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, some details on this? So the cool thing about this, the F-35A Lightning II demonstration team moves to Hill Air Force Base for 2020 air show season and beyond. Hell yes. yes it's Sweet. about time. Now, our <clears throat> sources at Hill Air Force Base say that the demo team was originally going to be at Hill but since Hill Air Force Base was focusing, you know, its its primary mission, bringing the F-35 mm-hmm. uh, Lightning to uh, combat ready, um, they were really focusing on that. And so when it um, when the demo team started a few years ago, they were kind of in the middle of focusing on that. And so Air Combat Command and, and Luke Air Force Base and Hill Air Force Base just decided, you know, well, we'll start it out at Luke. 
You know, that's the main training base for F-35 pilots, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke Air Force Base. Um, they train uh, our Air Force pilots. They also train international uh, partners in the F-35 um, at Luke Air Force Base, Arizona. And so that's where they started the demo team. So, um, but it is moving. So, um um, the Air Force's only F-35A demonstration team will be reassigned to the 38th Fighter Wing at Hill Air Force Base, Utah, beginning with the 2020 air show season. The single-ship aerial demonstration team will display the capabilities of the F-35 at approximately 20 performances starting in March 2020 and running through November. The new pilot and team are in the process of being selected from the 38th Fighter Wing. The team which is sponsored by Air Combat Command, previously fell under Air Education Training Command and operated out of Luke Air Force Base, Arizona. The primary mission of the F-30, or of the 38th Fighter Wing, I should say, is to rapidly deploy or employ combat power with the F-35 worldwide in support of national defense. The 388th Fighter Wing is currently the only combat-coded active duty f-35 wing in the air force so that's cool another milestone exactly and and the 3d8 is actually deployed uh, several aircraft through several regions of the world this summer including the middle east um, with their combat coded f-35s which is really really cool Um, as the first airman to fly the f-35a operationally every day and deploy it into combat we know what it can do, Colonel Stephen uh, Bemmer, B-E-H-M-E-R. I hope I didn't mess up his name because he's a colonel yeah. and he's going to smack me, I guess, <laughs> if I say it wrong. 388th Fighter Wing Commander said, We're excited to be able to demonstrate the power, speed, and maneuverability to audiences around the world. So it's really cool because we actually... Um, if if everybody was there at the Hill Air Force Base Air Show in 2016, uh-huh. um, they would have seen the world's first F-35 airfield attack demonstration, mm-hmm. which was uh, put together and flown lead ship by our buddy Fast. Yeah. Who, well, that, that was 2018. That was last year, not 2016. Was right? it 16? Yeah, no, it was last year. I might have mis- I might have yeah. misspoke. Anyway, no, that's fine. no, you're you're right, and and it was it was 2018, but that was the very first time that they put that they put on an F-35 airfield attack. Demo, that was awesome, which is really by cool. the way. Yeah, and so and and uh, and fast, you know, he him and his his guys they put together a really cool attack demo, and and part of that demo is uh, you can actually hear in the in in our intro with the uh, yes, ramp check podcast right. absolutely that flyby of, mm-hmm. of, of fast uh, in the f-35 so that was a pretty show of fast flyby too. yeah it was um, so so anyway yeah. so that's really cool that, that's good news i know a lot of av geeks that live in arizona are really bummed <laughs> that the f-35 demo right. team and and um it's all right you know, it's but, our turn but hey it's it should be a hill well it's it's Another thing, too, is just another accolade uh, and kind of just for the 388th and the 419th. Right. Um, you know, and what they're doing for the uh, for the F-35 program as a whole. 
So some other aviation news, um, and uh, we're going to kind of put our, our rant hats on at the moment. Um, yes. So uh, there, this link is also on the Ramp Check Report. Um, you keep hearing us talk about this. If you haven't heard about this on previous podcasts, um, we launched a, um, a website just recently within about the last month rampcheckreport.com go to it right now it's got all kinds of aviation aerospace space stories it's it's if you've heard of the drudge report and uh they're not sending us money by mentioning their names they should you guys listening um Uh, no, not you, um, Drudge Report. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's kind of formatted that way. So what we're doing is we're compi- we're searching, we're scouring the internet and breaking news, and we're putting it all in one place. So you've got one resource, one place to go. That's rampcheckreport.com. There's also some cool aviation resources um, on there as well. Um, but anyway, so we had this story just recently um about um uh coming out of uh, seattle washington um the uh, boeing triple seven nine x program uh they um they're doing some testing they were doing some uh, high pressure testing i believe yeah. and uh, they had a cargo door fail um at at high pressure at, though at right at a pressure that that a normal aircraft they, would never yeah, they're experience the, they're basically Right. So go ahead. Let's because we're going to again. This pisses me off because the media has a hard on for Boeing right now. Yeah. And it's really annoying. They 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 sensationalize these stories. Oh, no. Boeing's having another aircraft issue. And you know what? It's not true. Yeah, it's not true. It's not true. And 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 the the, headlines. it's it's one thing to stay up on a company that obviously had some failures with the Max program, right? And and they should be held accountable for those things, and so should the regulatory organizations and right. the airlines because right. there were maintenance factors here that I believe are going to play out um, in the end when all the investigations are over with the Max. But but the thing that really gets me going is when we have credible aerospace slash aviation reporters and journalists kind of jumping on board this. So last night I got a retweet notification from John Ostrauer, who Mm -hmm. I've been actually following aviation, his his aviation work for, gosh, probably over a decade or whatever. I follow him too. He started started a blog called Flight Blogger Uh that was on Flight Global um, mm-hmm. way back. Okay. And, and, and I respect John and, and, and his work he does. And, and he's got a new project that he's ahead of called the air current and it's mm-hmm. a subscription based aviation news site. And, and it's great. Um, but it pissed me off that he retweeted this particular Reuters aerospace news mm-hmm. tweet because it, it's so misleading and it's just that kind of journalism that really gives you that. Or, well, it basically gave the birth to the quote fake news. Right. It's and irresponsible. It is. Reporting. And and you know, and I love your work, John. But you know what? You need honestly, from one av geek to another, you need to figure out, or let's let's say, you need to 
limit what you're going to retweet because when you retweet somebody's article, you're basically giving your your thumbs up on it. And the way that it's worded is so ridiculous. So so here's here's the tweet title from Reuters Aerospace News uh, on Twitter. Boeing suspends load test for new 777X aircraft. And then here's the title for the actual article on Reuters.com. Boeing suspends testing of 777X aircraft. Okay, so when you read that title, what are you thinking? Oh shit, Boeing's in trouble. They're they're stopping they stop testing, testing the and, program. And they're done. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it's no. so irritating. So so but then when you get into the article, it totally it, Reuters was actually pretty fair in the actual article because they quoted the Boeing spokesperson mm-hmm. and actually like kind of explained exactly what was going on. So completely misleading and ridiculous you know title of the article Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what pisses me off so basically it goes into that um boeing on saturday announced that it suspended load testing of its new wide body triple seven x aircraft as media reports that a cargo door failed in a ground stress test during final load testing on the triple seven x static test airplane the team encountered an issue that required suspension of the test Okay, so they're talking about one specific test, Mm -hmm. okay? And so the Seattle Times reported a cargo door exploded outward during a high-pressure stress test on the ground. The newspaper said the accident occurred on a static test airplane, which is built for ground testing only and not intended to fly. So it's a static aircraft. It's not even... But, well, they, but, but, it's but you test to... this shit so that this, right. things don't happen. Like, Boeing couldn't freaking fart right now without anyone noticing. Like, it's... Well, I get it. And, and see, but, but some of that they deserve. Right. Because of their lack of, 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 I guess you could say, leadership in the MAX program and yeah. allowing some of these things. But it's not just Boeing's fault. It's the regulatory's fault. It's the airline's fault. It's like everybody... I still think... I still think, and, and we're not going to get off on the max here, but I still think training is the biggest yeah. factor in what happened. And yeah. the the, well, and how many... the the training that happens in these other countries compared to what the yeah. the, the standards, the training standards in the United well, and how States, many, I'm guessing, in Europe. How many so, aircraft yeah. companies, manufacturing companies have things like this happen in their testing well they do they they all do and we just don't hear about the testing programs are designed to do this aircraft you push it to the envelope this this static aircraft that will never fly the intent of this aircraft is to test and push this thing to the limit so they know where the breaking points are in these i think the word accident isn't even a fair no no it's not either okay so in in final load testing which is what this aircraft was was um was doing at the time planes are subjected to loads and stresses that are well beyond normal operating conditions thank you yes so um and the incident is under review so basically the, the the cargo door that they're talking about it it completely like through normal loads that the aircraft would experience mm-hmm. pressurization wise it was it, it, it passed obviously now I don't know it I, I haven't seen in an article yet at what you know percentage over a hundred percent pressurization or whatever right this door was subject to but but um, 
But that's what these are for. It's just like right. when, when they do the wing flex test. Right. You know, it's like there are videos from aircraft throughout the decades where these tests, where they actually bend the wings to the point where they, they break. Right. And because so, they need to find out what kind of a exactly. load they can put on those wings. Exactly. And and, and that's what this was. And, right. And all this is, is, you know, Boeing going through the testing, you know, having something like this happen. Well under this condition and everybody's like oh boeing's this and boeing's that i'm really surprised that i haven't seen a headline yet that says another setback for the boeing triple seven nine x program when frozen turkey fired into engine damages fan blade it's like well i'm surprised i haven't seen a story that says boeing's new triple seven max has a failure (laughs) you know seriously yeah so i I want to just read a quick yeah. Thing in this article from the Seattle Times, like I'm not gonna bust totally on the article because they are reporting some of the some of the facts of what happened. But like, listen to this sentence: the failure of the door will require careful analysis to find out why it happened, and it may mean Boeing will have to replace the door and repeat the test. Oh no, shit! <laughs> well, I'm so glad you put that in there. That's very informative. Fuck. Is there, God, dude. is there a link in there? Like, who writes the article and puts that in? Anyway, is there a link in there that says no shit, Sherlock? <laughs> it uh, may mean they'll have to replace the door and repeat the test. Okay. Do you think it just happened and they're like, well, all right, next test, moving on. Good lord. Let's, hey, let's let's do the test again without replacing the door. <laughs> I just see what I, happens. I New Boeing 777X will not have cargo doors. <laughs> I know. I, I don't. I no know, luggage man. when you fly on those. It's crazy. Anyway, I, I, well, you know, it's I don't know. Boeing's but, gonna be. Fine. But anyway, so Everything's so gonna be fine. The, the next thing I'm gonna read from this this Reuters article. Reuters. Reuters. Yeah, according to Ryan, Woo-hoo! it's, it's, it's Reuters. Um, is completely like when you read this you're like why did they even write the title that they did where boeing suspends you know test for the triple seven x aircraft so the next quote from bergman who's the boeing um boeing spokesman paul bergman okay Mm -hmm. overall testing is continuing the test occurred on Thursday, he said, declining to provide any further details. Okay, so they haven't stopped testing mm-hmm. the 777X aircraft. They've only stopped testing the pressuriz- pressurization load testing while they find out why this particular cargo door blew. While they're, while they're considering replacing the door and doing another yeah, test. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, here's, here's the other thing. My take on this is... These these sensationalized headlines are meant to get clicks or people to buy newspapers for those old timers who still buy the newspapers. Um, clickbait. It is. It's it's exactly what it is because yeah, it's because someone sees the word Boeing and they're like, uh oh, we better click on this. You know, oh no, Boeing's doomed again. If it's a okay. joke. If we hadn't had the Boeing 737 MAX accidents, right, this wouldn't even be reported. Nope. Nobody would even care. That's why but I was since saying, that you happened, know how many times things happen. Right. You just don't hear about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it, it pissed me off when, when I read that 
uh, that title, that tweet, when I read the mm-hmm. title of the article, when I read the article, and and then I saw somebody as prominent as John Ostrauer retweet it. It just it it rubbed me the wrong way. It pissed me off, and yeah. I just think the aviation photojournalists, yes, they need to bring the truth out. They need to hold companies accountable. They need to hold pilots accountable. They need to po- hold ground people accountable. Yes, that's that, that's true. But you know what? We're all human. You know, we can make mistakes. In aviation, mistakes usually mean lives, unfortunately, and that's the saddest part of it. But it's like, yes, report on it, but at the same time, don't give off these these misleading title articles Mm -hmm. don't be misleading in the article like state the facts aviation is no different than any other any other industry where there's you know mistakes there's you know oversight misses there's there's error there's good things there's bad Mm -hmm. things it's like just state the fact Mm -hmm. you know this happened this happened and this happened don't sensationalize it and i don't know i just that's how I see it, and right. it pissed me off. No, it does. It's just, you know, and obviously that's their prerogative. It's freedom of press, freedom of speech, all that shit, but it's annoying. Why? It's, it's super annoying. Why are they doing these tests in the first place? Hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, yeah, it's um, it's just it's just stupid. So, yeah, all is. right, so... Um, Moving on. Any other yeah, news so stories there, you want to touch there, on, brother? There is one. Uh oh. There is okay, one more thing one more. that I want to show you guys, and this you this, know this is, is a podcast. Oh, right? is this that? Yeah, but but we're gonna talk about test. it. So look, okay. So so look at this. Look at this. Hold on. Oh, Jesus! Okay. What is so, that? So so combat Learjet on on um. On Instagram, and combat they, underscore Learjet. Great content, oh, yeah. by the way. These yeah. guys are awesome. So they posted a video. Uh, it's titled, Another Awesome Hypersonic Rocket Sled Test. 6,453 miles an hour. It, it, it like, hit 157 Gs. And the, va- <laughs> the, the rocket vaporizes on impact. So, so the video is unreal because you see, like, the first stage and then the second stage. And then the hypersonic stage, dude, and it just like, it, it just, just goes like it is. Oh, it's it it's a crazy video, but anyway, um, um, did that set a land speed record? Oh, I, I, I would imagine I'm a, a rocket sled going it. hypersonic. Oh, it's unbelievable. The sled was propelled by a four-stage sled train, a Super Roadrunner uh, rocket motor, developed specifically for the HUP program powered each of the last two stages the srr motor produces 228,000 pounds of thrust for 1.4 seconds and it only weighs 1100 pounds the maximum acceleration of the sled was 157 g's or 157 times the force of gravity um um when the when the payload impacted the target it had 363 megajoules of energy, or the energy of a car impact at a brick wall at 2,020 miles per hour. Holy. So that... A little bit of power. That huh? is impressive. I just love when the other stage <laughs> yeah, kicks in. That's insane. And it, it, I mean... How does the camera even follow it? Oh, man? I know. That's and it, and it just awesome. literally, like, vaporizes when it hits. Okay, so when I think of a rocket sled, 
Why does um, Why does the movie uh, Disney's Rocket Man come to mind? <laughs> yeah. Could Could you imagine sitting on the front of that sled? I mean, not for the impact, but just. Yeah. I mean, I know. I how know. many G's again? <laughs> 157. 157 wow. G's. Yeah, that a human body. Yeah, could, I was gonna say a human body would be screwed by that. Yeah, yeah, you'd be a yeah, you'd be a smear in the seat. <laughs> yeah. cool Sorry, I'm late. I ran yeah. into Gary. <laughs> you have to watch that movie Rocket Man with Harlan Williams. That is a classic, man. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it wasn't you? We're like five billion miles away from the nearest planet. Maybe That's Ulysses is one of those rare painting monkeys. <laughs> yeah, that is it. Oh. Great... oh, what a great movie! Oh, yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, oh it's too funny. Yeah the whole world <laughs> in his hands. Yeah, He's singing great. in all the languages. Oh, I know. oh, while we're talking about movies, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is aviation related. Yeah. I had this thought pop into my head. Um, in fact, while I was driving here this morning okay. to the uh, to the ramp check offices. <laughs> um, so Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Do you think that um, Meg Ryan is going to make a cameo? As I think so. Goose's son's mom. Yeah, I you think, think so. she is. That would be cool. I'm sure I she, think so too. I would I'm love sure that. She, I'm sure she's in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, that that's gonna be a kick-ass movie. I can't wait. Right. What do you guys think? Um, you can chime in on this. Just uh, comment um, on our Instagram at Ramp Check Global, uh, or you can, you know, direct uh, message us, tweet at us, DM, tweet us. Um, Will Meg Ryan be in Top Gun Maverick? Um, and uh, I so. yeah, I hope so too. I, I she should be in there. You know, I mean, they keep. I'm sure they well, keep stuff like that. You know, Goose's sons in it, right? So why exactly. wouldn't Meg Ryan? I, that would that would totally make sense. So speaking of uh, commenting and this, so uh-huh. um, uh, listen carefully. We we kind of came up with a not really a contest, but a giveaway. So, and we, we, we mentioned this on the last podcast, uh-huh. but we want you guys to um, send us a picture um, of you either subscribing on Spotify, because we are now finally available on Spotify, uh-huh. which we're super excited about, um, or leave a comment, um, uh, like when you rate us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, yep. leave a comment, and then use the hashtag RCG Ramp Swag, mm-hmm. and we will send you. Uh, I think we're going to start it off with a sticker, um, and uh, and then I maybe we'll randomly do a yeah, shirt. Yeah, maybe or we'll be really super nice and send you a hat. But um, so again, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, SoundCloud, and yep. again, we're still working on other platforms yeah, to, and, to get it out there. And you can reach actually all four mm-hmm. of those um, uh, podcast locations through our website too at rampcheckglobal.com. Uh-huh. Just click on the podcast um, uh, tab, and then it actually brings a link of link up mm-hmm. from from all those, and you can listen to it 
right through that browser too, uh-huh. through our website, through SoundCloud. Perfect. And you can also find a link to that on rampcheckreport.com. Yes, rampcheckreport. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we have an well. ad on there for the podcast. Right. So and then also a, link, a static link. Once again, send us a picture, post it on our Instagram page, at rampcheckglobal. Well, they can't post on our page, but they can tag us and, and put us on, you know. What? You, you said post on our Instagram page. I mean, they can't I mean, post directly. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, you know Tony's what I mean. still a little slow when it comes to social, but he's getting there. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I just said it wrong. So take a picture. Yeah. Obviously po- tag po- us post at Ramcheck Global. Post it on your Instagram right. or Twitter and tag us. At Ramcheck Global. Us. Yep, and use right. the And use the hashtag RC, RCG Ramp Swag. Yep. I was doing just fine until... <laughs> 10 minutes ago um but uh again in that picture we want um a picture of you subscribing to us on soundcloud or you can take a screenshot when you give us your five star rating and use the hashtag rcg ramp swag um and uh we're just going to pick somebody at random it might be one person it might be 10 um, and uh, we're going to send you a Ramp Check Global sticker. And uh, as Aaron mentioned, because he's feeling a little bit generous today, um, that uh, uh, we might also send you out maybe a T-shirt or a hat or something. Or a patch. We've got some Ooh, patches, Ooh, that's too. right. Patches on um, And Now, all of our uh, hashtag RCG Ramp Swag is available at our store, uh-huh. uh, which is rampcheckglobal.com, uh-huh. and then follow the link to the Ramp Swag store. I can't believe how many designs we've got up there now. Yeah, and, and I'm actually um, working on a bunch of new fall designs, so... Uh-huh. We're gonna have a bunch of new hoodies, a uh, bunch of new um, like long sleeve T-shirts, uh-huh. uh, some jackets, Sweet. Um, even some new T-shirts. We've uploaded a ton of new Avgeek T-shirts, which are mm-hmm. really cool. That's cool. Um, and um, since it's getting a little bit cooler, um, buy a buy a bunch of hoodies. Yeah, uh, we oh, love yeah, our hoodies. hoodies. In fact, for the first time. Because I live in St. George, Utah, where <laughs> it's 110 freaking degrees from like April to August, anyway, or September in this case. Um, I got to wear my Ramp Swag hoodie for the first yeah. time, my B58 Hustler. Yeah, it's a cool one. I, I want to be a motherfucking hustler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All I can think about. Yeah, well, I mean, right? it's been hot up here in Salt Lake City, too. It has. It just, last night it got down into the 50s, which was nice. And it rained in the afternoon. Uh-huh. That was uh-huh. awesome. Yep. So. Um, but anyway, go to the Ramp Swag store, www.rampcheckglobal.com, uh, and uh, you'll see the link right there that'll yeah. take you into the store. You can buy some stuff. And again, you get some of that free stuff as well. You might as well take advantage of it. Subscribe to the podcast, yeah, rate share us, it, share, and it. share it with your family and friends. Help us spread the word. Um, we've gained a lot of new listeners just from launching on Spotify alone. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, good. that's that's pretty good. exciting. So. Just a few more minutes left of the podcast, but uh, we've got a really important day, uh, not only in U.S. history, but in world history coming up. Of course, uh, let's see, so it's 2019, so it's the um, 18th anniversary anniversary of the uh, September 11th attacks that uh, happened, of course, in uh, New York City. Uh, also in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and then um, the aircraft that went down, that was brought down by the passengers yeah. fighting the the terrorists, uh, the terrorists in uh, Shanksville, uh, Pennsylvania. Yep. 
everybody, I, I don't care who you are, where you live, everybody in the entire world was affected this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we thought we'd just take a couple of minutes uh, to share some thoughts um, about the horrific events that happened. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, there, there are other tragedies that have happened throughout history yeah. and around the world. But... Well, this one was a big one, though. It it was a big one in in our generation. Well, in our generation, not only, but, I mean, the three of us, I mean, we are United States citizens. This happened on our soil. We were all working in aviation at the time. time. It it was the first time an attack of this magnitude happened on American soil. Exactly. And, And since we're nearing the anniversary, we're going to acknowledge that. And this is the Ramp Check podcast, which is centered on aviation. Right. And... Well, it, it, yeah, and it's, it's. I think it's changed the way that that people feel about flying. About you know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but every time I get on an airliner, my head is always on a swivel mm-hmm. because I'm telling you, somebody tries something, that motherfucker is going down. <laughs> yep. And I don't give a shit what I have to do. He can threaten a box cutter at me. He can threaten to do whatever. You know, whatever I have. I have a bomb. I have whatever. Okay, dude, show me then, you piece right. of... Because well, I, 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 I will be the first to jump up and defend that. I, I will, too. That's um, why I just, uh, United 93 was such a cool story, because those... Yeah, those people had so much bravery. Those were the ones that kind of knew heroes. what was going on, and yeah. they're like, fuck this, we they, don't care. Like, we're if we're going down anyway, yep. yeah. we're going to go down... Fight. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. I just want to point out that we went 52 whole minutes without dropping the f bomb. Well, when, um, when we start, no, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, we're yeah. talking, start about, talking about terrorists. Um, yeah, gets your blood boiling. It, yeah. it does. Um, All the innocent people, and I mean the, the horror that they must have gone through. Right. You know. Well, and since and since 9/11, you mentioned you know being on an airliner, having your head on a swivel. There have been stories that have come out where the passengers, yeah, where where certain passengers were demonstrating um, erratic behavior, yeah, and these passengers they didn't hesitate getting out of their seats and restraining yeah. them. Yeah. Um, do you remember there was a passenger that was restrained by other passengers? Um, I believe it was on a Southwest Airlines flight. And um, he was he was trying to get into the cockpit door. He was trying to you know open the uh, the the cabin door, yeah, yeah. Um, making threats, and they restrained him. Um, I think the poor guy ended up dying um, well, because yeah, of I mean, cause they, they everything were, that happened. But yeah. you know what? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, you're you gonna know? do that, man. Then all bets are off. And Nine? if it, if it takes that type of restraint to keep right. you from doing something that aircraft and, and and you die because of that sorry yeah, i mean it's one thing if someone's mentally ill that's sad but if they're someone that's just on purposely trying to murder innocent well, people that, then that, who cares that yeah that mm-hmm. actually shines a light on terrorists is they do act like somebody that's mentally ill right and so you can't tell the difference it's you true. really and, can't and can't. it is sad when somebody is truly mentally ill and mm-hmm. something happens but you know, you, you just can't tell in that situation. Right. You can't, you can't be like, well, what if he's just having a nervous breakdown? Okay, well, doesn't uh, matter. I'm not going to die because of his nervous breakdown. Too bad. It's not worth 150 lives, but no, or you know, more or three. Speaking of yeah. September 11th, it was just kind of interesting because uh, it came up the other day. I, I coach a high school soccer team and um, was talking with them a little bit about September 11th. 
And I realized that the oldest girl that was on the team is 18. Yeah. And so wow. none, of them, yeah. none of them, none of them, they just know about it from what they learn about it. Mm-hmm. They didn't actually experience it. So the interesting thing was um, I kind of put myself in like my parents' shoes and other people's shoes who maybe lived through like uh, Vietnam or lived through like World War Two. And I thought, yeah, like, Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor like, like they'll Korea. never experience these kids. Like, they can learn about it, but unless you were, like, at an age where you really remember it, man, it was, it was, a, it was a rough day. Like, it was eerie. I remember getting up. I was working the swing shift at the airport, and so I went in at, like, 2 o'clock. But I remember our sister Lisa actually called me and told me, you know, like, Oh hey, there, uh, there's there was a plane crash in New York and all this stuff and and I turn on the TV and the one of the towers is smoking and everything and I'm thinking like I'm thinking okay well what size plane was it all the reports were it might have been spot and so I'm thinking yeah, like yeah I'm thinking initially it's not like a big deal like mm-hmm. I'm thinking yeah a plane crashed into a building yeah that's bad but I wasn't thinking at the magnitude of it and anything that happened and then I got off the phone and I'm watching it and then as I'm watching it another one hits but in my mind I'm thinking it's a replay of someone getting the first one but then when they start reporting it's the second one it's an airliner right then I was like oh shit it's intentional like this is bad wasn't an accident this Mm -hmm. is bad and then all of a sudden everyone's calling everybody I'm calling to see if I even need to go into work because they're ceasing all flying across the country. And and yeah. I'll let you guys give your two cents here in a sec. But I just remember that day listening to the radio, driving into work. And I was listening to Lee Greenwood's uh, uh, God Bless, God the, bless USA, the USA. And I just remember sobbing. <laughs> like, <laughs> What I the was hell were you listening to that sobbing song for because, on September 11th? Because I knew what was about to happen. Uh, I knew uh, that I knew that some shit was about to get real. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? And uh, and then I start thinking about... You, your mind just starts thinking about, well, now, it, when is aviation going to keep going? Is Am I going to keep working? Am I going to have... You know, and then all these things start happening. And, yeah. Anyway, it was an emotional day for sure, and it was uh, it was rough. It was definitely tough going into work and not hearing one single yeah jet engine, one yeah. single prop. Yeah, uh, it was and, crazy. And, and we've talked about this before, and then and then you know to be in Salt Lake City, and then to see the Hill Air Force Base F-16s doing you know basically combat air patrols yep. just. Mm-hmm flying around all of salt lake and all across the wasatch front and just you know staying in the air that's all that you were hearing you're seeing and it was crazy not even seeing contrails yeah it was weird it was so normally normally would see um everyone glued to the tv screens at work you know give me give us your take brother so i mean obviously you know i mean we've had other september 11th episodes of the podcast last year and whatever but but i think it's important to acknowledge it it every year it is it's very important and 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 that whole um you know mantra of never forget Mm -hmm. it's so important because you know some people you know talk about the you know the wars in afghanistan and the wars in iraq and the middle east and why are we interfering in the middle east and and 
you know, as much as, you know, war is horrible and you never want to have war, we have to always be ready Mm -hmm. and we have to project, you know, peace through strength. And it's just because the, what September 11th proved to, you know, the United States citizens as well as people in the world is that there are people that value death more than life. And you can't reason with people like that. No. And unfortunately, you have to kill them first before they're going to kill you. Mm -hmm. You cannot reason with people like that. You can't negotiate with people like that. Um, You know, you know, after, you know, almost what, two decades of fighting in Afghanistan, um, you know, we were at the table with the Taliban just as as early as yesterday trying to negotiate some kind of an agreement so the Taliban will recognize the Afghan government so they'll stop terrorist attacks whatever but you know the Taliban they're just so stupid like they won't you know like one of the one of the items that's being reported is they won't cut ties with Al-Qaeda and it's like are you kidding me like you honestly think that the world is going to recognize any part of the Taliban mm. after all the atrocities they've right. caused, allowed al-Qaeda to flourish in Afghanistan, allowed, you know, Osama bin Laden and his freaking, you know, his, whatever his you His terrorist are, network. Yeah, I mean, you know, to just roam freely and do what they need and and the way that they treat women and children in those countries and and, you know, it's just... You really can't negotiate with those people, and you know, and and I think that's what makes September 11th so significant. Is it really just proved that again there are people that value death over mm-hmm. life, and for most of the world's population, we value life. We all want to be happy. We all want to, you know, have a companion. We all want to be loved. We all want to have a good time. We all, you know, we want to live our lives in freedom. We want to, you know, obviously you have to, you know, treat people well. You can't, you know, you want to live in freedom, but, you know, you can't just go murder somebody or go steal what they have just because you don't have it. Like, Well, also because you don't believe something the same way other people do. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Like, we, none of us have to believe the same things, but... What makes humanity humanity is that we value life. Most mm-hmm. people value life and the quality of life. And so, you know, what people forget, and this is what, you know, never forget, is September 11th was a perfect example of people who value death over life. And you can never forget that. Yep. Exactly. Well, and can I add one more yeah. thing before yeah. you tell Tony? Absolutely. I just, I remember it being, so I think I was... I was in my early 20s when it happened, not think. I know I was. Um, And it was the first time I really experienced, like, um, I was old enough and mature enough to experience what it meant for people to, like, come together. Um, You know, when when you grow up and you start talking politics with people and you go out in your work environment and you realize people have so many different views on certain things and, you know... 
the some of the Lion Shack political talks were some of the funnest ones. <laughs> no. You know, just just <laughs> things like that. But then when something like this happens, it truly it was the first time I saw something happen that truly made me realize people come together yeah. when bad things happen. And at that point it didn't matter what anyone thought about politics. It didn't matter what yeah. anyone thought about anything really. Everyone felt bad for the lives that were lost everyone was angry our way of life was imposed on yeah everyone was angry the manner that it happened and yeah you heard people like we're gonna go get those son of a bitches and all that but it really wasn't said in a way by most people were just like hey we're americans and we need to come together yeah and this is the greatest country in the world and we need to act like it and really like I heard zero politics talked about for six yeah, months to a year, and it was awesome. Not that people... It's okay for people to have different political views, but what was awesome was is everyone just seemed to have one common vision and one common goal. They set aside their differences. Exactly, and that's what I love about this country, you know? Like, yeah, there's a lot of bullshit that happens. There's a lot of people who are passionate about their views. So, not that... I would never say I was happy that anything bad happened, but, you know, when well, you just it look brought, at... It brought the country it together. It brought people together, and things were really good in our country for a while as far as people's attitudes. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, people forget. Yeah. And then you get the new generation come in that didn't really, like, live it, and so they don't really kind of understand it, yeah. which is the way I'm sure some of our elders envisioned us about Pearl Harbor like they didn't know they how it uh-huh. felt so anyway um yeah just come together be more accepting of your fellow American people yeah, out there never that's forget that's what I feel about it so anyway Tony let's hear from you yeah um <laughs> thank you amen um, <laughs> you know it brings up a point though I'm I'm really curious as to how te- uh September 11th is taught and approached in our schools. Yeah. If it's objective, yeah, if there's opinions, if they're, you know, wow, there was this conspiracy that they wanted to start this and that, you know, I, I just, because that, that, you remember the movie Interstellar? Yeah. And, I mean, I'll get back on track here, but this is kind of a comparison or a parallel to that. Just when uh, Matthew McConaughey's character is in talking with the the principal and one of the teachers, uh-huh. and they're talking about how they rewrote the textbooks for the Apollo missions just to be this grand um, uh, propaganda scheme uh-huh. that the Americans developed to bankrupt the Russians, that we didn't really go to the moon, anything like that. I just I hope that none of that is happening, that yeah. it's not either an extreme left or right opinion of what happened or why it happened. I just hope they teach the facts and they, they, they get through to these children that were not alive when this happened. Um, that they can understand that this is just this was an important part of American history and it really shaped the world today. I mean, you can't even, you can't even go to an observation deck at an airport anymore and watch the planes yeah. take off and land. Yeah, you know, you used to be able to do that. You can't, you can't go to the gate um, unless you're a ticketed passenger. You know, yeah. um, I, that's that's probably well, wise anyway. Yeah, it's, it's but it's, it's just all these changes. Yeah. Well, you know? well, I, I remember working the ramp before September 11th. 
You know, I mean, you could go in the aircraft mm-hmm. when it was just sitting at the yeah. gate. Yeah, you could. And, yeah. and yeah. you know, you could tour the cockpit. I mean, yeah. we were smart. We weren't, like, you know, screwing with anything, obviously. But, I mean, you know, if you think about it, it's probably not a good thing. Because there are so yeah. many more, in my opinion, more irresponsible people these days. They're more disrespectful and, you know, people these days. But... But you know, it did change. It it changed a lot. Working in aviation, it changed a lot. You just in the world, just period. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's interesting. Um, and well, uh, and there was even um, I, I just glanced over a story that I that I saw um, from the AP um, about an American Airlines mechanic sabotaging a plane because he was upset over stalled labor contract negotiations. Right. Right. You know, um, you can't. Again, that's on rampcheckreport.com. Right, exactly. And yep. you can't, um, you can't, a background check can only go so far. Right. So basically, if you work out on the ramp or if you're <laughs> a passenger, bless you, brother. Um, Sorry. Be diligent out there. Look, if something yeah. doesn't look right, say something. Yeah. If exactly. it's okay, it's okay. But if it's not, you might prevent something from happening. But um, anyway, getting back to September 11th, at least on my part, you, you've heard my story as well. Um, I uh, I worked for um, Millionaire as well, but I worked over on the commercial side. Yeah. So we did the ground handling of Frontier and JetBlue right. um, at the time. And I remember our JetBlue aircraft was running really late. So we all stayed late that, that night to work the aircraft. And that put that JetBlue flight in New York airspace around the same time yeah. uh, as the attacks happened. So when I heard about it, you know, I... I I heard about it. It's, uh, oh, yeah, look, the plane crashed into the World Trade Center, you know, thought it was a light plane. Really wasn't all that big of a deal. Um, you know, and then I turn the TV on. I see the hole in the side of the building and the smoke. I'm like, that's not a light plane. <laughs> yeah. You know, something bigger hit <clears throat> maybe or anyway. And then I'm watching and the second plane hits live. Now, unlike you, Ryan, the first thing I thought was, oh, shit. I mean, I realized that was another airplane. That wasn't like a replay, mm-hmm. you know, of the first yeah, one. another one. And, um, and I actually, I remember the exact words that I said. I said, oh, shit, we're under attack. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, and then everything else, you know, developed. And, yeah. and just the eerie quiet of the airport. I mean, I worked overnights at the airport as well when yeah. I worked for Majestic. Um, and the airport can get pretty quiet like at three in the morning, but you still hear, you still hear like an aircraft run up, you know, like for maintenance or the occasional inbound or departure, you know, but just clanking of bag carts being towed by exactly their activity, (laughs) but to have zero activity going on at the airport was was one of the eeriest things I've ever heard. Now I, um, when I worked for, for Southwest or excuse me, for Skywest airlines, I started in um, 2002, and in uh, November, no, excuse me, of August of 2002, so it was a year after September yeah. 11th, and I talked to some of my um, my workmates or, you know, people that I worked with in dispatch, and they kind of recounted that day to me, um, and I mean, 
they so the FAA uh, it's it's different now, but we used to have it was almost like a teletype printer. It was a dot matrix printer, and it received it would print out updates from the FAA. Yeah. So they remember hearing that thing going off and pulling it off, and the words nationwide ground stop. Yeah. And so what that meant is a ground stop means that yeah. nothing is departing. Oh yeah. And then the order for every aircraft to land at the nearest suitable airport. You know, other aircraft that were traveling internationally, some were forced to turn around, some had to stop in Canada. Um, and, uh, oh, let me see that. I have a so here's, fax that yep. morning. So I'm gonna read this. Yeah, this is This crazy. is, so, um, September 11th, 2001. This is at 1311 local time. For those of you non-AV geeks, that's 1.11 p.m. local time. Um, from the U.S. Department of Transportation, Federal Aviation Administration, September 11th, 2001. Airport operators, Northwest Mountain Region. Urgent, with an exclamation point. Due to extraordinary circumstances in the interest of public safety of the airspace of the United States, um, excuse me, circumstances in the interest of public safety, the airspace of the United States is closed until at least 12 noon Eastern Daylight Time, Wednesday, September 12, 2001. The U.S. military has taken control of the airspace and all aircraft in flight are subject to armed challenge. I'm just getting chills I reading know, this. I know. Emergency flights may be allowed. However, operators must obtain prior permission from air, FAA air traffic. Air, airport operators should advise any pilot planning on attempting to take off. For updates, refer to this, this. Um, thank you for your attention to this serious situation. Um, God, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember receiving this fax. That's crazy. Um, copy of it. I mean, that's that's pretty ominous uh, to see that. And and you know, if you guys remember, um, just four or five months later, the Olympics was supposed to be hosted by Salt Lake City um, in well, two thousand. No, I'm saying it was supposed to be, oh, but but everyone oh. was wondering if that was even going to happen. And yeah, I worked at security was crazy. I, well, I guarantee, yeah, that was probably the most secure Olympics ever, probably since yeah. maybe after the, the, you know, attacks in the Munich Olympics. Well, and the president but, even came. Yeah, the, the president. The, that was pretty ballsy, the actually. Ceremonies yep, and yeah. ceremonies. Dude, security yeah. around there was nuts. Oh, man. yeah, it was. It was I mean, they, they had all branches. of They had customs mm -hmm. in town, you know, the military. Oh well, the CIA, the FBI, FBI was running consistent um, perimeters in in helicopters oh, with yeah. guys out on the skids with weapons. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, no, and, it was it was nuts. And I had an experience. I won't get too deep into the story, but basically we had a hangar door open, and one of the FBI choppers landed right mm -hmm. outside the door, and they were blowing shit everywhere. And I, not thinking, went running out there to tell them that they need to park somewhere else. I made it about eight steps outside the door, and I was physically tackled by somebody. Oh, God. That's crazy. Because <laughs> they thought I was running towards the helicopter, which I was, but not, like, in a threatening manner. I well, was just trying to tell them, hey, you can't park I, right here. <laughs> I understand that security is a little higher, but... 
you were probably wearing your millionaire um, attire, but um, and not and not like a a turban and an AK forty seven. That's probably how they saw it, though. I was pissed (laughs) at first, but then. Like, when they kind of explained everything to me, I was like, yeah, okay, I probably should have thought that one through. But anyway. A little bit yeah, better. security was high but there for the Olympics. I remember that the airspace over Salt Lake City was closed. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, over every single venue um, when that happened. And during the ceremonies, mm-hmm. um, you remember that the, F8, the, the F-16s were mm-hmm. oh, yeah. running combat air patrols over that area. and yeah. um, Well, during the Olympics, there was... The entire Olympics. So what is mm-hmm. it? Two weeks. Two weeks. There was an airspace restriction. Right. From 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. No aircraft were allowed. Not even. Uh, I think medical aircraft got certain permission, and then mm-hmm. there was like one f- international flight or something that was allowed to come in at yeah. like 2 a.m. But it was crazy. It was a it was a crazy time, and yeah, um, yeah and and thanks for. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, you know, to the Ramp Check podcast and allowing us to express our feelings about September 11th. Um, I still feel very strongly about it. Yeah. Uh, I I still I still get choked up when I think about all the lives that were lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all of the innocent lives that were lost. That uh, there was no purpose uh, for them to lose their lives. And um, seeing the towers come down. Seeing the aircraft impact, especially the second one, happen yeah. live oh, while I'm watching crazy. television, yeah, it too. just it just kills me. But you know what gets me the worst is, uh, and and it was probably staged, and maybe these people were held at gunpoint and made to do this. But seeing uh, people in Middle Eastern countries, oh. Iran, Saudi Arabia, wherever, dancing in the streets and celebrating. Yeah, uh, this loss too. of life this, it, it yeah, disgusted it me um, and uh, well I'm sure a lot of those people that did that that day probably regret that because you know it was the United States that actually gave them freedom in a lot of those places Afghanistan mm-hmm. um, yep. Iraq exactly um, you know Yep. So anyway, sorry to uh, end the podcast on a somber note, but um, (laughs) uh, I I think just since the another anniversary, I can't believe it's been 18 years. Um, But uh, it just yeah, it's crazy. And and how different our lives were on September 10th. Yeah. Compared to September 11th of 2001. Yep. it's it just it's something that will affect uh, the United States and the world um, for forever. Yep. yep. And so uh, that forget. was a, that was a pivotal point. Never forget. Um, for those of you listening to the podcast, if you had loved ones that were lost or affected by 9-11, um, our hearts go out to you, even though it's 18 years later. I'm sure you still feel it, especially on that day. Um uh, thank the heroes of 9/11, the um, the the firefighters, the the first responders uh, in New York. Um, our hearts are with you guys as well, and thank mm-hmm. you for doing what you guys do every mm-hmm. single day. Mm-hmm. Um, a heroic event doesn't have to be a horrific event; it can be just a small, simple act of kindness or or heroics uh, or whatever. Um, to the families um, whose um, had loved ones on United 93 
uh, and of course all the other uh, airliners. Um, our hearts go out to you guys as well. Um, but uh, thank you for your sacrifice, for the heroics uh, of your friends and family members, and of course the flight crews uh, and everything else. If you haven't seen the movie United 93, um, it's hard to watch. It's, it's hard to watch, to, but you need to watch it. Um, another good one was uh, actually one of Nicolas Cage's really good performances was um, uh, World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he played one of the firefighters. Uh, there's a lot of movies out there, a lot of things. Well, and, but... you know, speaking of, you know, the firefighters and the police mm -hmm. and, you know, everybody involved on the ground there. I mean, think about how strong you'd have to be in New York to be one of these firefighters or police officers. Mm -hmm. I mean, what was it? Not even a month later, American Airlines A300, uh, A300 crashed, crashed in New York. Had that rudder. Uh, yeah, the, the yeah, tail the broke off yep, bec because right. the, the pilots the rudder were, deflection. were um, yep. yeah, yeah, were, were kicking that rudder too hard. And, and they found out that, you know, the Airbus should have had some kind of limiter on it so they couldn't. You know, oh boy, here come the headlines. No, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. But but I mean, uh, seriously, you know, it hit some wake turbulence and, uh -huh. and the tail broke off and the aircraft broke apart. And, and what's the first thing that everybody thought? Yeah, it was terrorism. Yeah, you know, that's what they thought. But but I mean, can you imagine though going through that in New York and then a month later having to go through a major plane crash where again. hundreds of people died? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to go through that again, and so. It just shows how resilient and, right. and how amazing our first response Exactly. Are. And wow. by the way, um, going back to the movies, um, after, so what you need to do is like, obviously we all know how United 93 ends. Yeah. And it's sad and, you know, somber. So if you want to feel better after watching United 93, watch Zero Dark Thirty. Oh yeah, and then you get your uh, you yeah. get your resolution. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say it because they get that motherfucker Bin Laden. <laughs> yes, that fucker do. is dead. <laughs> sorry. All right, I'm I'm I feel better now. But uh, but anyway, um, so uh, once again, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you want to win some free ramp swag. Um, Take a, take a screenshot or a picture of you subscribing on Spotify or leaving us a, uh, a five-star review with comments yeah. on Apple Podcasts and yeah. using the hashtag yeah. um, swag And make sure you tag us, of course, uh, when you put that up on social media. Um, but uh, let's see. So... Um, I really have nothing else. It's yeah, probably I, a good way I to end the podcast, covered, I huh? Think we covered yep, a lot. We did. Okay. Um, we got some good feelers out there. Aaron, where do we find you on social media? So you find me at Aaron Rumfollow on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, pretty much since you're Av Geeks listening to this, follow at Ramp Check Global. That's where I post, you know, 99% of all my aviation photography, uh, aviation content. I do all of our design work for our ramp swag and everything. And speaking of that, if you guys have a suggestion of, of some ramp swag that we could actually design, put on a shirt, put on a hat, put on a sticker, a hoodie, um, we've actually gotten a lot of interaction with that, and we've created mm -hmm. some of our product because of your requests. I believe uh, which, the Sunset 767 is uh, because of that, right? That is that is correct, and uh, we could look up his uh, Instagram and 
something about dope driver or whatever I'd, I'd, I'd have to look it up maybe one right. of you maybe Ryan look up on Instagram in the messages and find find an Instagram name with dope driver in it anyway I believe he's a 767 or 757 pilot right but anyway he he requested wow. that and so I threw those together put them on the website and he bought them he actually recently I think he also bought an F-15 uh, Strike Eagle Ab Geek shirt um, it'll say should be towards the the top. But anyway, if we find it, we'll we'll give you a right. shout out. I'm sorry. It's not towards the top. Definitely. Um, and uh, type dope driver. Ryan. Search. Yes. Oh, while he's searching that. So uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. Dope six seven six seven driver. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All so right. thanks for your ramps. We've had a lot of people <laughs> yeah. purchase stuff, so we can't thank all of you. But you know, send us a picture wearing your ramp swag. Yeah. Um. We might feel nice and just send you some more anyway, just because you purchased some. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we, that. We, we have definitely done that. Right. So speaking of uh, buying ramp swag, um, Ryan has a cool little story. We all got a picture uh, just a few days ago of uh, somebody completely unexpected wearing a ramp swag. And uh, give your social <laughs> media stuff, too, while you're telling us. Yeah, yeah. so you can follow me at Rome Follow Me. Um, but uh, head over to Ramp Check Global. Check out our Ramp Swag store. I was, um, I, I coach a high school soccer team, and uh, I was just kind of showing up to practice one day, and I saw her logo on a shirt, and it turns out one of the girls that plays for me. I mean, whether she was trying to score some points or not, it doesn't matter. Um, she scored him. <laughs> it was just really cool to. She bought the SR seventy one Mach three plus shirt. That's and, so cool. Uh, you know, it was just kind of cool to see. So it's not our products just aren't for Av Geeks; they're for everybody. So um, <laughs> get yourself some some gear. But yeah, you can. I'm at Rum Follow Me, but I just rather much rather have you go follow at Ramp Check Global. Um, go to rampcheckglobal.com. Get yourself some ramp swag, and also uh, check out rampcheckreport.com as well. All yeah, right. Um, so thank you, Abby Ray, for buying the shirt. There you go. And uh, you can find me at TRumFollow on various social media, Twitter, Instagram. Um, kind of like Ryan and Aaron said, more of our personal stuff is on our personal Instagrams. I don't mind you following me. I sure. I, uh, I do a lot of concerts. Not do, I go to a lot of concerts. <laughs> um, and uh, do a little bit of travel, do some fun stuff. Um, but uh, you can follow me there or, of course, our official um, Instagram and Twitter, which is at RampCheckGlobal. Um, once again, uh, don't forget, check out RampCheckReport.com. That's our new uh, news and aviation resource website. Um, really, seriously, check it out. It is cool. There's a lot of great stuff. We, we update it daily, sometimes even hourly, depending on what kind of breaking news is out there. Um, as Ryan and Aaron mentioned as well, our ramp track, or excuse me, our ramp swag store. <laughs> ramp trout. <laughs> That's what I thought you Ramp trout. We need a ramp trout shirt. Bring the lab card yeah. out. Um, <laughs> a ramp trout. Yeah. That's a good idea. We yep. should do that. Hashtag like ramp trout. <laughs> uh, you rampers out there know what we're talking in about. Some blue juice. <laughs> um, Swimming in some blue juice. Blue angels. Um, anyway, uh, our ramp swag store, uh, which you can find through our website as well. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing. I'd give a shout out to my buddy Branson, who works out. Uh, he's uh, airport ops at Salt Lake International. Mm -hmm. He sent me this the other day. 
Oh, yeah. So what we're looking at is he listens to the podcast and he posted a meme of E.T. winking. But then he also posted a meme from Ghost when they're trying to make the... The pottery, the pottery scene. scene. <laughs> and we talked about that when you were talking about making that ET. Anyway, oh, I just want to give a shout that out. Funny. Appreciate you listening, brother. Just that's keep awesome. listening and share it with some others. But anyway, go ahead. Tom. Yeah, that's pretty Finish exciting. Um, but uh, and thanks again for your support of the Ramp Check podcast um, and uh, our little uh, uh, passion project uh, as well. So, um, Ryan. You want to give us our send-off? Yeah, sure. Thanks for joining, and uh, it's good to be back and healthy. Aaron, hope you feel better. Thank you. I'm starting to. And uh, good day.